Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arsgaard and coming to you live from North Carolina. And today we want to continue building upon understanding where the Lord has placed us, why he has placed us there, and really see what is God's purpose in our positioning of where he has placed us and give us some questions and things to ask and answer from the Lord if we're unsure, or maybe we just need a reminder as to why God has placed us in certain regions of the country and in the world, even if we think them to be Babylon or the desert, that we may ourselves not like. And we want to start in Scripture in Habakkuk 2.14 as to God's purpose for why he has placed us in those places. And Scripture tells us here in Habakkuk 2.14, it says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as waters cover the sea. So this is his his end goal here, uh, that his knowledge will fill the earth. And when you go back and, and if you've read, if you've been following our reading plan, you would have read Habakkuk uh, yesterday, and it would you would see through this the unrighteousness that was before the knowledge of the Lord entering into the glory of the earth. And the people asking the question of, you know, why is this taking so long, God? Why aren't you bringing about your justice? As we see throughout Scripture in several occasions, and the Lord says, look, this at, there will be a time. Be patient. I'm going to answer you. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, and, and the Lord is saying the reason I'm I'm moving people in places. If you remember, Chuck Pierce has prophesied beginning, middle of COVID, somewhere around there in 2020, if I remember correctly, uh, and he said it again in 2021 and, and this year as well, is that the Lord is reshuffling the deck. He's moving people in places. And, and this is why I um, myself am part of that. So it's this kind of a more weighty for me, I guess. And maybe God is just realizing, showing some things here. And the the reason and the, the point here that, that we're pointing out here is that in order for his glory to cover the earth, we as his people need to live in a place that God has established and ordained for us. And so today in prayer, let's just ask the Lord to confirm our boundaries because maybe we think they're smaller than they really are, or maybe we think they're too large than they really are. And then also I want to read this passage from uh, Commitment to Conquer by Bob Beckett where he points this out. He says, ask yourself two questions. He said, number one, who put you where you are? And why are you there? There can only be two answers to these questions, obedience or rebellion. You are in the place either because God put you there or because you put yourself there. If you are where you are out of rebellion, I have a word for you. Move as fast as you can. 
Find out where God wants you and get there. If you know God has placed you where you are, even if it seems like Babylon, I have a word for you. Stay there as long as God asks. And I've lived um, in Louisiana for early parts of my life. I was in Florida for a little over seven years, South Florida, and now I'm in North Carolina because those are the places that God has told me to move. And, you know, when I lived in South Florida, everybody's like, oh, you must love it. You're right next to the beach, sunny all the time. And for me, I just wanted to be where the Lord wanted me to be. It wasn't about, you know, the nicest place that people thought. Because in reality, is is it's it's not as nice as people want to believe. I mean, look at look at what is happening inside in, in Florida right now. Is you have to live with the threat of a hurricane of everything being wiped out. And and, and I just want to point out that we have to be obedient to where the Lord has placed us, and ask ourselves: is 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 are we where the Lord needs us to be? And sometimes if you have stresses, worries, anxieties, and things, that could be part of it. It could be other reasons. Um, but today I just want to focus on this. And I think those are two good questions of who put you where you are and why are you there? It could just be simply to pray. I, I, I There are people who are in certain parts of the regions of the world who their sole existence is to be the light and salt of the earth, and they may be the only people. And so who are there? They may be the only ten there. And so we need to, to to honor the Lord, be obedient to Him in the places that He's called us. And in and, and this season, coming midterms, it's more important to realize the authority that we have and understand the, the ordained times and places where the Lord has placed us and stand up and take that authority that we are in. Okay. Hopefully, that is a bit of an encouragement to each and every one of us here. Now we want to get to the news. So some some international news, and we want to continue on um, the findings of the case we were talking about yesterday before that was argued before the Supreme Court. There's some interesting arguments that came out about that. Uh, but first, we have a response from the U.S. and Korea to North South Korea to North Korea's uh, missile firings over Japan, and so they have now fi- filed several missiles. Late yesterday, in response to North Korea's provocation, what is quite alarming is we're right back. North Korea is right back to the point that they were before Trump took office. Um, this missile that was shot over Japan was the longest-reaching missile to date. Um, it is the fifth missile launch in the last 10 days and 23rd launch since the start of the year. Uh, which is very, very alarming to see that they're back at these levels. Um, it ended up reaching, in estimates, uh, the military of 602 miles, which means it's capable of hitting Guam from North Korea, uh, getting closer and closer to, to possibly um, reaching California, Alaska, etc., those places as well. So this is quite alarming uh, that they've been able to reach this far with this administration um, so a response, is it good enough? Does it, uh, I'll force North Korea to back down enough. Probably not. They're going to keep going forward with it. And we just, we, I want to 
point some things out here on these stories and, and, and so we can pray for the office of the president because it, it, it all accumulates together. Um, so we have this story. Then we also have more news coming out of Ukraine that Russia is using Iran-made drones to strike military bases deep with inside Ukraine. So now they don't have to send troops. Okay, we've been seeing, oh, they're pulling troops back. They're having a problem. Russia's having a problem getting more troops to replenish those that they've lost or those who have run away, those who have, have left the country because they don't want to get drafted. They don't want to get sent forward. Well, if you can use drone. It be it becomes robot warfare, uh, which is quite alarming to the possibilities because, okay, the drones can go in, knock out Ukraine bases, then you send the troops in, then you send people in. Um, interesting things there to to be fully aware of. And then you also have the argument as well that the U.S. possibly might be behind the Nord Stream explosion, whatever happened, still under investigation. There are those within the CIA and those in the media, right and left wing, who are trying to make an argument that the U.S. might possibly be involved in this. I'm not saying they are. I'm not saying they're not. I'm saying I think it's too early to tell. Uh, but there have now come a U.S. top U.S. official came out and said, John Kirby said that the U.S. had nothing to do with it. Hopefully he's telling the truth. Um, but they did, this administration did give warnings that this was a possibility. They did that before Ukraine. They've done that about Russia. The intelligence seems to be there to a degree. Um, it's just not pinpointing and knowing exactly who's involved. I mean, there there's a thousand people who could possibly have done this. And I say all this to say is that this Biden administration, for whatever reason, and I think we can kind of put the pieces together, is really asleep at the wheel in regards to our national security. And you, if you listen to our noon prayer on Monday, we gave the prayer, Perry Stone uh, prophecy that he had about there possibly being something, a tsunami, New York, etc. While all of this is going on with the, this administration, they're focusing on other things. And I'm going to get to those other things of what they're focusing on here in a second. But we just want to pray and more so repent for the White House and national leaders those within the administration, those in Senate, those in Congress. And there are some who are awake, who are aware, um, who are not asleep at the wheel. But some are, a majority, most people are asleep at the wheel, unfortunately. Um, and we just want to intercede for the Biden administration to have the fear of the Lord concerning matters of national security. Concerning the, the safety of U.S. citizens and freedoms, not only in America, but around the world with their allies. Israel included in that, um, as well as uh, Taiwan, South Korea, and um, Japan. Now, obviously we can sit here and say the administration is a problem, but there is also the fact that you could also say the American church is asleep at the wheel as well. And that's a whole other debacle um, and something to pray about. And, and yes, we want to continue to pray for that. And a, a good a book I'm reading through right now is um, Letter to the American Church from Eric Metaxas, where he's saying the American church needs to wake up because we're at the moment, like 1930s Germany's church, who 
is like the Laodicean in church. They think they're rich, but they're really poor. And, and we're not realizing the reality as a body of Christ where we're at. We're prideful. You know, we have these nice buildings, um, as the German church did. And, but is, are we being obedient to God? Are we being in that place where God has, has called us to be? Should we not be in this, this monstrous place? Maybe we should be in this monstrous place. But we're we're being prideful right now about certain things. Those who are right about certain things and those who are wrong about certain things. And and this book here is, is dealing with and, and really a call to American pastors to speak out and speak what the Lord is telling us to. Because at the end of the day, Old and New Testament, Ezekiel and Paul later in the New Testament, if the Lord gives us as leaders and as as believers, something to say, and we don't say it. We don't warn the people. The blood now goes onto the leaders' heads, and and they're for whatever reason. Some are speaking out, some aren't, and, and some are saying we should be silent in this moment. When in reality, it is now's the time to speak out. Now's the time to say, hey, Hitler is not the right person who needs to be the leader. These policies are not the right policies. Letting the government control every aspect of life, of the church specifically, is a huge, huge problem and something we need to be aware of. And so as part of that, we're seeing the fallout of the churches being silent and not focused and having the fear of the Lord on what it needs to focus on, which then flows down to our administration, our leaders who are in office. Now, just because we elect, you know, quote unquote, the right person doesn't necessarily mean that they'll solve our problems. Okay, so we see the administration is lacking focus on what it needs to focus on in matters of national security. Now, let's look at what they are actually focused on. So the president yesterday brought um, his reproductive health care task force to the White House, and we saw these comments from Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona. Again, Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, making this statement. I share your grave concerns about maintaining access to contraception and reproductive health services on our college campuses and ensuring there's accurate, reliable information for students and for educators. Students need access to health care to thrive in school and in life and that includes reproductive health care. Thank you also to Vice President Harris. In August, we met with college leaders grappling with new, sweeping restrictions to their states. Our work together is ongoing. It's clear, the Dobbs ruling has sown fear and confusion on our college campuses. I worry about the children. So his focus right now not about dealing with the poor education standards that are in, in the United States. Not about the, the lack of um, ability of children coming out of COVID from being behind in educational standards. It's about reproductive health care rights that he's focusing on. And the president yesterday himself said he was concerned, said that, um, what century are we in, folks? 
Um, I mean, how, what are we doing? He said, he said, warning about a host of other things, calling the laws to protect life as extremists in Republican areas, worrying about if you live in an area where there's an extremist Republican that you won't have a right to an abortion. And again, I pointed out that the left is making this a hot topic issue. And the right is staying silent, not saying, what about the life of the child? The left is focusing on, quote-unquote, women's rights, women's decision to make this this decision and attacking some laws that are on the books that come into court and bring about a lot of questions and that each state will need to decide upon um, and, and attacking the University of Idaho and other states and schools where they've outright banned um, abortion on campus and, and providing information such as about abortion and pushing the idea that and the reality that now the veterans hospital veteran affairs veterans hospitals will be used to provide abortions in states where there are such hospitals so this is their focus not about what's going on from the president himself not about what's going on in japan there still has yet to be a statement from the president about what happened with North Korea and the missile being shot over Japan, that is quite alarming. Um, also being silent on the fact that Russia has possibly snuck a nuclear warhead to the bottom and somewhere along the eastern seaboard. Nothing about any of that. That's not his focus. Their focus is about abortion within the United States um, and, and devaluing the life of the voiceless and the innocent within the life of the mother's womb, despite how it came about. And, and so this is what we, this is why we want to repent for them losing focus. But then we also, on this specific issue, um, repent for, again, just them being asleep at the wheel, um, and standing up and speaking up and focusing on abortion is this is this is quite alarming to see this administration just hellbent about this and again the question is is where is the church on this is the church being silent on this why is the church being silent on this? this is a very clear issue scripture clearly tells us um that the lord is disgusted by such actions and matters um, of taking the life of the innocent so we see where this administration is not focused, where they are. Um, this is quite alarming. This is why we want to pray and pray that, look, if this administration isn't going to stay focused and be aware about what, number one, is on the Lord's heart, but also in matters of national security, then it's time, okay, if you're not going to do it, Lord, what what comes next? Um, and, and leave it at that and see what the Lord's heart is on this issue. Okay. Now, moving on, we talked about the case that was heard before oral arguments yesterday involving the Alabama uh, lines being drawn in the case of – I want to make sure I get it right. Um, it was Milligan if – I had, if I remember correctly. Oh, here it is. Okay. It was uh, Merrill versus Milligan. And so yesterday we heard oral arguments, and it looks like – Looks like uh, the case will basically be knocked down, and uh, the reality that 
how district maps and congressional maps will be determined will be upon neutrality, which is a positive. That's what you want. But I want to look at two different headlines. Um, the first from MSNBC, because this is quite alarming, and this is what's coming down the road, not only on this issue but other issues, is saying that Contingent Brown Jackson takes Supreme Court's conservatives' majority to school. And I'll get to that here in a second and what this really means. And um, saying that no other justices has ever begun their career as impressively as Jackson has. But then you have uh, – I'm giving a, a two opposing views here. Uh, Breitbart here saying that Katinja Brown-Jackson ties bogus originalist argument for racial discrimination. Now, what she really did – was a regressive argument in stating that I got I, I want to get this right. I do I don't want to butcher this. Her argument and her her line of questioning and her reasoning was that since the Civil War, the amendments that were then put in place, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment, were in order to help black people gain back equality and gain back things that were lost up until that point. Now, no one's disagreeing with partially of that, but she's saying that because of that, you need to therefore have everything that you're doing in any law case, especially when it comes to redistricting maps, be about using skin color as a reason for making decisions and how you make decisions. And the argument in the case was that, look, if we literally, if we had computer programs put together congressional maps, it would come up with thousands of different reasons, and you still wouldn't get what is being asked from the NAACP in this case of creating more black minority congressional districts that they're using to try to change the way district maps are redrawn. And you're it'll probably it looks like it'll come down five four because Kavanaugh and most it this could end up going the other way. But you have at least four um Alito Thomas uh Gorsuch and Coney Barrett, who are most likely not going to uh, agree to hear this or agree to vote this up and, and saying that you can use skin color as the reason to determine your, your outcome for your districts. And, and one thing that's interesting is Katinja Brown-Jackson was saying and trying to rewrite um, how district maps are redrawn in saying that um, you need to use race as your decision maker, um, which is quite quite alarming, um, because suppose because her argument is is well because they were discriminated against in the past, uh, we actually need to go hard the other way and use it as our reasoning um, for why we're deciding. But then uh, the next line of questioning came from Samuel, Justice Samuel Alito, who quickly shifted the decision. Uh, and this is from an a, a um, argue, article about this. Uh, quickly shifted the discussion away from this argument and what he characterized as quite far-reaching. Number one, because it is, to an argument that he described as the state's basic and least far-reaching 
uh, but would nonetheless be difficult to test challengers to meet. And, and ultimately, re- understanding that, look, you can't have skin color be the reason of why, wh- how you're determining how maps are drawn. It has to be unbiased. That's what precedence says. That's what normal uh, sanity says. And then if we look in Scripture, is, is God wants an equal balance uh, of weights when justices decide an issue. And this is not having equal balance of weights here um, in the hearts and minds of these justices. And so, again, something to to pray about because they're... Little things can happen here that can, you know, cause little ground to be shifted in certain directions in this case. I don't want to get into the legal jargon of it. Um, but it's, it's we want, still want to pray for the justices on this issue that on this golden court case that they have an ear to hear clearly and rule accordance to equal balance of justice it because there's a lot of cultural and social motivating factors behind allowing this and from the line of questioning that was brought forward from majority of justices of questioning how Alabama got to the point of where they're at and, and and why they have their arguments. And really the the goal here is what it looks like is from the regressive judges, Katinja Brown Jackson, um, is that they they want to uh, Kagan and um Sotomayor, they want to rewrite the realities of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment. Um, and, and so it's a positive to see that the line of questioning coming from those who want originalist understanding of foundations of upholding the truths, that their question is, they're pushing back. And this is why it's important to, again, coming down to the midterms. Right now, this is, this is the focus, this is the prayer point. Because this is where everything is going at. You're seeing attacks on people such as um, uh, Herschel Walker in Georgia. Uh, things are heating up in Arizona and Nevada as monies and attention, media attention. And President Trump will be out there the coming week. And the focus will be there as you have mail-out ballots out there. And so we just want to intercede for voters ahead of the midterms. And even now as they vote, possibly to vote based upon what the Lord wants in their regions, upon biblical moral values, to look at the candidates, to look at the issues, up ballot, down ballot, whatever the case may be, because you have, again, 36 gubernatorial races this this go-around. You have races that can shift the Senate, shift Congress. You have mayoral races, city council races, school board races, um, elections that could possibly determine and shift this nation in either direction and if the body of christ would number one get registered to vote and then go out and vote based upon biblical moral values we wouldn't have to worry about whether we're actually walking out and having the fear of the lord in the leaders of our regions our cities our states our nation as well and so that's why we're here praying Hopefully keeping you guys informed. If you have any questions, let me know. If, if you have any um, understanding of these cases and these issues and things that, that maybe we're missing that we should be focusing on, let, let us know. Um, 
just focusing on what the Lord, I feel like the Lord's leading me to. And, and, and if you guys send, I'll clearly um, look at it. We can pray about it because it's not just um, us here uh, who, who are doing this. You guys are a part of this as well. And, and, and that's why we thank you each and every day. And, and today we just pray, you know, you guys give have strength uh, to endure this season that we are in. And again, we'll be back tomorrow continuing uh, standing on the wall, praying for the office of the president, and, and hopefully creating a hunger for righteousness to enter into not only our lives, to remove those things that are not of the Lord, but for him to plant the seeds of righteousness in our lives and within the regions that he has placed us. So blessings, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one.